Hi everyone, today is Saturday, June 23rd, 2018, and this is the Dual Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And this week, we begin a new meta. The skills that were nerfed or buffed have changed, so that happened on late Monday, I believe, into, into early Tuesday. We got a new uh, PvE event in the Dark Dimension Tower, and a new mini box as well. So a bunch of stuff has been going on, and other news as well with cheating. So we could talk about that too. So Deck Tech, what are you up to? Yeah, not too much this week. Uh, unfortunately, I've been having a really busy week at work, so I haven't gotten a ton of time to play PvP. I've been playing the PvE stuff because I've been able to do that on Auto Duel and. You know, it's pretty easy to, to get that in at least a little bit. Um, I did lose to the, the first boss of the of the PvE stuff, so that was pretty funny. Uh, but other than that, it's been going okay. And I've kind of just kind of stockpiled a collection of gems at this point because I did not get into the new box yet. I'm not sure if I will. We'll kind of see how things pan out once I get to actually really get back into playing a little bit and see how I feel about the meta, if there's something that I like playing, uh, how I feel about playing against these uh, new cards and all of that. So, not too much. How about you? Yeah, um, I mean, I I do a lot of the stuff on the train, the, uh, the PvE stuff. I actually did that all on the train somehow, and... Uh, you know, I, it sucks not seeing the whole duel and coming back, and it's like, oh, you won. <laughs> Stuff like that happens because of disconnections and any internet, yeah, any internet underground. That's, that's, that's what I'll call it now. Um, but I did buy through the mini box. I did want to try the new deck, um, but it didn't pan out. I spent all my, almost all my gems. I had like five hundred left, and um, the fur hires are as good as people expect them to they're definitely viable but i did not i didn't know how to play it or i didn't build the right deck i'm not sure what probably more that i didn't know how to play it because i copied some decks online and kind of did my own thing but eventually i switched over the bujins it's been a bit easier because the ranked competition and platinum is super easier right now people are bringing things like exodia you know like i don't know it's just you're not it's not the real meta so i should be in legend soon um, and the reason I switched over to Bujins is I found out that Fur Hires can just get disrupted easily, and Bujins are that type of deck, so uh, I figured it would counter the meta in Platinum at least. There you go. Yep. Alright. So we have news of a new Patreon. Deck Deck, take it away. It's a new patron. Oh, man. The, uh... I don't even know what the termi- <laughs> The terminology... Is uh, the website, of course, is called Patreon, but the people who support you are patrons still. So anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, what is very important, what we'd like to uh, shout out and thank, is our new patron, Timothy N. Uh, thanks again for your patronage. Um, we reached out a little DM on the channel, but um, we just want to say thanks so that everyone knows that you're here and we appreciate you. We appreciate everyone who supports us on Patreon. It doesn't matter how much you give. Uh, I think the website's minimum is a dollar, but you know, it doesn't matter if you're giving uh, a little bit or a lot. 
if you're staying for a long time or just a little bit, you know, we appreciate all the support we can get. So uh, if you want to support the show, if you end up closing every episode before we get to the little wrap up <laughs> uh, and you missed it, you can support the show. Get yourself a shout out uh, at patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. They should call it Patreonage. For his new you know what? We yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's any like rules about it. I think we could call it that if you want. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> we we appreciate everyone. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Tim, Timothy, whatever you want to call it. You you can tell us what we want to call you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, esports. Um, this is notable because this snapshot of. The meta, the tournament meta, at least, was a bit. It, it's not going to be seen again. It was the meta when the skills were nerfed, but the cards were not released. Kind of an odd time, but that's when it happened. Yeah, um, if I'm right, though, didn't Decade have the people play as though the uh, the cards like? Didn't he kind of pretend that the rules were in effect? That is true, the ban list. Right. Yeah, so looking at the lists, I think they're they're trying to uh, predict this upcoming meta, or they were trying to predict the upcoming meta a little bit at least, but of course that's all shaken up by the fact that there's a giant new set of cards as well. Right. So let's go through the top four. First place, Zeppelin with a Parasite Infestation Amazonist deck. It seems like they go through a new skill. Like, the top four seem to gravitate towards a new skill um, every met- Meta Weekly, and this week it seems to be Parasite Infestation. And um, this one does have some new cards in the Amazonist with the Paleozoic Canadia. It's a card you see in other decks just thrown in sometimes, but it's here. There's two copies. Um there's two Amazonist Paladins. That's usually a one-of. And then there's the Magic Deflector in the main deck as well. Yeah, uh, the Magic Deflector is a pretty strong indicator of, of a meta call that he thinks he's making. Um, there's no Witch, which whenever you see a lot of traps, you would kind of expect that. So that's a little bit interesting. The Parasite Infestation, I think is just a good kind of fallback skill when you don't know which skill you want to use or kind of the, the more generic skills are um, kind of in flux or unavailable because they couldn't play with new restart, of course, so they just banned restart, I'm, I'm almost certain. And so um, when that's the case, this is a very strong fallback uh, generic universal skill because... It does a little bit of damage to them, which is always nice. Of course, you you're getting yourself your enemy closer to the clock, and it disrupts their draw. So it's actually, even though sometimes you'll get nothing out of it because they won't get to the parasite, uh, when it does hit, it's a very big value. So I think that that's maybe explaining why a couple players jumped onto it. Yeah, and tribute summoning, tribute summoning is a little better than it used to be. And the parasite does leave a thing for you to tribute summon, but it's not it's not gonna be meta in this type of tournament, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Second place Phenom underscore AR. 
uh, Parasite Masked Hero. And um, this Masked Hero deck is interesting, notably uh, the one under the ban list. So there's only two uh, Celestials. And this could be the composition moving forward. There's two uh, Malicious, two Celestial, two Drill Darks, three Vions, and one Dreamer. The deck also runs stuff like three Cyclones, Cosmic Cyclones, and Mass Change. The normal stuff. Uh, Destiny draw for sure since you're lower on draw now. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever cut Destiny draw. Um, it looks like his version is a little bit more combo-centric since there's so much back row disruption. The three mass changes, although three is kind of standard now. But um, yeah, looks pretty solid. I would not be surprised. Maybe they wouldn't stick with Parasite Infestation, but I would not be surprised if this is pretty much what it ended up looking like. Parasite Infestation is actually not the worst because it leaves something your guy can kill. And Drill Dark has piercing. I don't know. Like, I guess they could brick a ton and... That's their. That's going to be their weakness, but this seems okay. And the Trinity, mm-hmm. too. The Trinity gets something to kill. They can hit again or something. Um, yeah, not bad. Cool. Third place, negative one with Gearjas. They're finally back. Um, this is a bit of a new build, obviously, with the ban list. So it's two Pulse Mines, no Econs. And the no Econs are huge, because you need to fill up stuff in the spell zone. But this guy brought some pay-to-win cards, which is Offerings to the Doomed. There's two of those. Um, and also, uh, a notable change in this deck is there's no Geargea Arsenal, and they've been replaced by Geargea Accelerator. Yeah, this list is uh, pretty light on monsters. I never played Geargeas, uh, whereas you did, so you know a little bit more about it, but it... Oh, Okay. <laughs> What I missed it's usually it's like one one more maybe. Sometimes there's yeah. two, there's this many. Sometimes there's eight. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, using the balance skill, which does explain a little bit of the composition. Yeah. The econ loss is big, uh, but this guy has offerings to doomed, whereas I don't. So it's gonna be tougher for me to continue playing them. And super rush is yeah. bad for Gearges. It's. It's not one that you could just put three in and say you're fine, because they're going to be face down. So, Right, yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. So you're, you've more than a 50% chance to start with a Ties of the Brethren in your starting hand, so that's decent, you know? Pretty good. And that's what your kind of game plan is. Yeah. And fourth place, Mistiltine. Again, this guy this guy places every week. It's Switcheroo Amazonus, an old skill that used to be OP. Um, this deck has Shinzeng Hu. I guess that's a little different for Amazonus. Yeah, that is a little weird. Um, Switcheroo is nice with Cosmic Cyclone. It's nice because the, what the skill reads is can be used each time your life points decrease by 1,000. Return one card in your hand to your deck to draw another. can only be used once per turn and up to twice per duel. So your Cosmic Cyclones are setting it up. So is the fact that you frequently with Amazonuses have to kind of, to get Mass Effect, run your Amazonus Princess, which has a pretty low attack, into something and uh, either it'll be in defense position or you'll have the queen out or something so 
it kind of can set you up for the next turn. I like it. You just pointed out that switcheroo happens twice per duel, and I think mm-hmm. that's how many times it happened in the anime. Oh. Well, maybe I guess that's why they put that limitation in there. I didn't remember that. They called it. And then Pegasus <laughs> said you cheated, and then, and then Bandit Keith ran out with an invisible gun. That's right. <laughs> it's like the power of my finger compels you. Um, all right. This is a this is a kind of a general news item. Uh, WCS leaders exposed, flights canceled. There were individuals who placed in the WCS from the Korea Taiwan division from the previous uh, last month's 2018 regional qualifiers or early this month's uh, regional qualifiers. They're found guilty of cheating and their invitations were revoked. Um, yeah, uh, pe- some people moved up, but doesn't really help the people who lost to them because there were many people, I guess. Yeah, um, we have a little post here that's linked to it as well that kind of discusses the reason why cheating seems to be kind of like a, a mainstay in Duel Links. Uh, every time we have a major event and sometimes in between, there seems to be some issue with cheating, whereas in other uh, digital card games, that's not really the case, or at least it doesn't seem to be. And uh, the TLDR of it, unfortunately, is that the way that Konami built Duel Links is that a lot of the data that's processed is data uh, is processed on our individual phones, sending messages directly to each other, and then reporting the result to Konami's servers at the end. And uh, that decision puts a lot less strain on Konami's servers, means they had to put less money like up front to develop the game, and perhaps it didn't end up, um, or perhaps they hadn't intended to make it like a road to the Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championships and stuff, but uh, here we are now, where competitive integrity is very important to the game, and yet uh, there's this issue where you know, some people can take advantage because they can send extra or, you know, they can mess with the messages to their, or from their phone to the other phone. And then uh, it's hard for Konami to track it because when Konami gets the end result, it looks like the end result of, uh, of a normal duel. And obviously that's problematic. So it ends up with these situations where it seems like at the end of every major event, Konami kind of just goes through and checks all of the high-ranking players and, I don't know, checks to see if they somehow cheated. Um, Presumably, they can do it by looking at uh, overall stats and seeing if if people just are winning, you know, something ridiculous, like 85% of their games. So, like, hold on, (laughs) that's not... The, the rate that even the best players can make so let's take a look at this guy and then it's a lot more um, work intensive that way on the on their back end but for them to switch it up and make it like other games like Hearthstone where a lot of that work is done on their server side so they can better monitor it and, and keep track of um, messages that aren't supposed to be sent that would be like you know you're essentially your cheat codes uh, from your mods and stuff, that would basically require them to overhaul the whole system and kind of rebuild it. And I'm not a programmer, 
but it's, I, I did talk to somebody who's a game dev who does a bit of programming, and it sounds like that's kind of a massive change that seems uh, pretty unlikely. So uh, the unfortunate truth of it is that we're going to have to get used to this process where you can report people who you suspect is cheating and where after every major event, Konami kind of does the best that it can to check uh, that there were no cheaters and to check at the people who did well and who are winning prizes and stuff. And uh, policing after the fact is kind of the best we can do uh, based on where we are now. Yep. Um, legitimate WCS leaders put out content. We found some videos from top, some top players. There's an interview, interview forma. Interview forma with Sorry. NA's Jason. Uh, that's my bad. It's uh, supposed to be interview format. There is a... This guy, who I believe is goes by Jason, is a Portuguese right. play. I, I'm not sure if he's from Portugal or Brazil or whatever. He speaks Portuguese. Uh, actually, I'd assume Brazil now that I think about it because he was in the NA region. And uh, he did a little interview. He speaks Portuguese and English, so it's kind of uh, he does part of it in Portuguese for his maybe his primary crowd, and then he translates in English. And uh, it's pretty cool. He interviewed like three other top players, um, so you can check that out. Yep. We also have stats and gameplay from the uh, Korean player Deckmaker. He's stolen your he's stolen your title. He's he's ramped it up to Deckmaker instead of Deck Tech. It'll be, it'll yeah. be really cool if you, if you faced him. It's like deck maker he's, versus deck tech. Who would win? He's making full decks, whereas I'm just tweaking things. And I think that that's probably an accurate representation of our relative skill levels. Um, since this guy, I think he got first place in Group E, which is yes. the Korea slash Taiwan slash Oceania or something like that region. Um, and so his his video has some it's mostly like pictures and gameplay and stuff and there's not much uh language to it from what i saw and the written language portions are both in and i apologize because i don't know whichever language it was so i can't say if it was do you know it's korean korean okay yeah so he's korean i guess uh it's written korean and also english is, is what i was getting at and so you can kind of take a look he tells like stats of what he faced um he shows the deck list of what he played and shows a little bit of gameplay some some of his duels along the way so it's pretty cool he probably faced a cheater if they're in the same region (laughs) yeah i mean he probably did yeah and the fact that he put this out there leads me to believe that he was not one of the cheaters i don't i don't know if we i think he made it he made it to the end he made it to the end yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, right, we did see the list because it's it's been updated now to take the cheaters out. So he survived the cheaters and succeeded and ended up in first place even before they purged people, right? Yep. So that's awesome. Um, and unfortunately, the meta shifted so quickly after the WCS. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like different what they're talking about, but uh, it's still cool to see people put out stuff, check out stuff from different people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I always think so. Um, we don't have very many celebrities in this uh, in this game yet. I mean, there's kind of decayed, obviously, and then there's a few. Um, I don't want to like name people and and make a, a other people feel bad, but there's a couple people who are definitely well known. But 
it's kind of hard to figure out which pros you want to follow or, or that type of thing because there's not a huge pro scene at this point. So when we get these opportunities where these really high-level players can share uh, their thought process in either you know what decks they decide to bring or how to play those decks or any of those things, uh, some insight into just how to become better at the game, it's always cool to check it out if you can. And so this is a pretty good opportunity. Unfortunately, it's not as relevant to the new meta, but some of the stuff carries over to any time that you're playing and just trying to get better and trying to decide what to deck to play and how to play it and all of that stuff. Yep, for sure. Um, this week, a new mini box was released. This one kind of dropped out of the blue, but we were, we were expecting some new cards after a really long time of no new cards, so it happened. And um, this actually breaks the streak of box mini box because the last one was a mini box. So now we have two straight mini boxes for the first time ever. And this one is specifically, it specifically has one good cheap deck. And if you don't want to play that deck, you can actually skip this box. So there, that is a good aspect of this box. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at things. Um, some people prefer boxes with a lot of universally good cards and some people prefer to buy a box and just kind of from buying this one box i can build a deck and uh, this one is more of the latter where even though there's a couple archetypes that get some support in this box it's pretty much just one <laughs> archetype yeah. uh that really it seems PvP viable, at least at this point. And there's not a ton of cards like that aren't tied to one of the archetypes uh, that are in the mini box. So I definitely agree with your general assessment that if you're not feeling the one archetype, which is the fur hires, uh, then you you can probably skip this one. And guess what? I actually built the fur hires, but that was with some luck though. I spent 199 and I got the I got my second beat with that special, the free SR. So I got lucky. Oh. I got really lucky. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. And it still cost me 6,400 gems to, to do the rest. But maybe it would be like 8,000 if if I didn't get that SR. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. So basically, cards, yeah. uh, we're going to talk about the, the composition, but... Essentially, you want three beats, and it's the only chase card in the box that you need for that deck. So you kind of just open packs until you open a beat, and then you reset and do it again. So easy, yes. All right, why don't you read the cards? All right, sure. So the starting, we're going to go through all of the URs and SRs as we normally do. Um, the first... UR is Elector, Sovereign of Birds. It's a one, two, three, four, five, six star, um, 2400, 2000, and Winged Beast. And it reads, if your opponent controls two or more face-up monsters with the same attribute, you can special summon this card from your hand. Once per turn, you can target one face-up card on the field. That target's effects are negated during this turn. There can only be one of this guy on the field. Uh, so my take on this card is that it is only a decent body, and it has a condition upon which you can special summon it. And then the effect 
is usually not even going to be that great once it once it is out. So this kind of seems like a little bit of a whiff to me. Uh, as we were talking about, there's pretty much only one chase card in this box, and, and that's why, because this is an okay card, but it's certainly not good enough to make huge waves in PvP. How how often would this hit Amazonas? Or would the Onslaught usually be face down, or would they only have one monster? Um, uh, That's actually a good point. When I was reading it, I was thinking about they're just uh when it says negate the effects i was thinking of a monster so actually that's a good point you can do traps and spells as well um i feel like they only have like one monster and then if they if this guy comes onto the well he can't even come onto the board if you only have one and then the onslaught's face down so it's probably like later in the game maybe (laughs) yeah i i frequently play the deck with having just kind of swarming as much as i can so a couple amazon is on the field um, one thing you can do is kind of bait them by going into the battle position, uh, the battle, what's it called? Battle phase. phase. Yeah. And then, uh, they can special summon with the Amazonas and then you can special summon and then undo it, like get rid of the effect so that they can't, um, remove your guy. And then you can kind of, I don't know, you can get them a little bit that way, but like force them to hit into you, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, you can force them to hit into you. I was thinking the inverse. On your turn, you can then trick them and get to attack into their guys. But yeah. I don't know. I still don't think this guy's very good. No, no, not really. <laughs> there are a lot of decks, actually, that do kind of have the same uh, attribute, all swarming, and so maybe the condition isn't even that conditional, but the payoff isn't amazing even if you do so uh even with the condition being probably some of the easier to meet in this meta as it has been in metas in the past um i still don't think this guy's very good all right next you are widespread ruin it's a trap card it reads when your opponent's monster declares an attack destroy the attack position monster your opponent controls with the highest attack uh your choice if tied so my initial thoughts on this card are that it is misnamed because it's called Widespread Ruin and you're only destroying one monster. And that it is of okay quality. It seems like there are card you could play a lot of cards that have bigger effects. Um but sometimes it's nice to just be able to just straight kill something. So Right. It's a it's seen a I've seen it in a few lists. It's seen a little bit of play. Yeah, it seems, I guess it, it targets kind of the Amazon Queen, that's something it does. Um, the Fur Hires, it, it, they only have one big guy. Um, Masked Hero, Anki. Yeah. It, it, could, it could show up, but it's not, it's not going to be like a staple, I think, but it's, it's good, I think, but I, I guess... Yeah. Depends when people swing. Like, what if they swing with the weaker guy or the bigger guy first? Like, how they do that, I guess. The way that we're doing our removal and traps and everything now, it seems like you would almost always just rather play a deck with fewer traps and run. Uh... Treacherous. Jeez. Hmm? Treacherous. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, treacherous. But I, 
I could see, you know, certain decks and certain metas where you would just play more traps, and then this could... Once you have a certain level, like you have, I don't know, four different traps that people have to play around, it's pretty much impossible for them to play around all of them. And so just the fact that you have more of them uh, gives your opponent more misinformation. And then so like sometimes it's better to activate this one versus that one. And so, you know, maybe. Um, I, I think you'd probably, in most cases, rather run... Treacherous Trap Hole or Floodgate Trap Hole or Wall of D. Um, but there are some circumstances this, where you'd this run one, this. This one is better when your opponent only has one monster. Because Wall of D only does the 800 and the others require two. I mean, the Treacherous requires two. And you have to sacrifice your own guy. But this one works on a one-on-one situation. Yeah. Um, and it And it works for, like, guys where the floodgate wouldn't do the job there you know there's there's a couple instances where you'd like this um i still don't think it's great but it's within the conversation unlike the prior you are this is one that you would actually if you open it you're like okay i'll hold on to this see if it ever you know makes its way into one of my decks maybe kind of keep it in your mind when you're building stuff maybe this one's worth considering yeah all right going into the ur's We've got Beat, Bladesman Fur Hire. So as we mentioned, this is the guy that you want from the box. Um, it's a three-star warrior, uh, Earth, if that matters, um, with 1,200 attack, 500 defense, and a lot of text. It reads, during your main phase, you can special summon one monster Fur Hire from your hand, except for another Beat. If a monster fur hire is special summoned to your field while you control this monster, except during the damage step, you can add one monster fur hire from your deck to your hand, except, again, for beat. You can only use each effect of beat once per turn. So this is kind of like a one-card engine to get your fur hires going. You can play it and then use its effect to special summon something, Sometimes the thing that you special summon can then special summon something else, and you're replenishing your hand as you do this. So um, this is obviously a very good card. It's core to the deck. Um, you need at least two, but every build I've seen is running three of this guy. I like the way the text goes. They go monster, fur, hire, instead of like fur, hire, monster. But um, yeah, yeah. Th- this card... You feel bad when you don't have it in your in your opening hand. It's one of those like your win rate's gonna go down a bit if you don't have it. Um, I definitely have have played this card wrong. Sometimes you want another card before this or something like. There's a sequencing to fur hires that you need to know before you play it. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the most valuable card of the set and for that archetype for sure. Yeah, the sequencing thing for the fur hires is because other ones also have abilities that activate when things are summoned or when other fur fur hires are summoned, uh, stuff like that. So sometimes you want the other guy's effects to go off. Um, I guess sometimes you might want to not pull things from your deck if you're close to decking out or something. So, uh, Oh, but you could just refuse to use that part, right? Right. So anyway, okay. Uh, Next... Mecha Phantom Beast. Uh, I'm putting the next two together. Phantom yeah. Beast Mega Raptor and Mecha Phantom Beast Black Fan. Uh, nope, Black Falcon. 
these are this whole archetype actually but especially these two since we're checking them out now seem like they are made a lot weaker by the fact that we don't we only have three monster slots and don't have a main phase two because they all have effects that rely on basically you have these tokens out in addition to this uh normal monster or not normal but this uh real monster whatever non-token monster and then there's effects based on either sacrificing the tokens or the token has to stay alive so that this gets buffed somehow and so obviously since you only have three slots you can only have one maybe two of these guys out and also have a token and then some of these effects are better like you can use the effect after you have used up the buff if you had a main phase two so you have a buff while you have a token out and then you can attack and stuff and then main phase two you can use a different card to sacrifice the token to get a better effect um and then you know you can make more tokens still be on the field or something like that and so uh, i think this whole archetype and there's a decent amount of support for it in the set uh seems to be a lot weaker in our speed duel format than perhaps in the real card game. I never played with these cards, so I don't know if they were any good in that game as well. But Yeah. It's notable to notice that there's also two other cards in, from this archetype that are already in the game. There's Hamstrat and Haralard. I think Hamstrat was from um, that Psychic box. Not the Psychic box, the uh, Machine box. Electric Overload. And yeah. Haralard is from the Card Trader, I believe. So... I don't know. See what you can do if you have these cards, but I don't. Yeah, same thing. Deck Tech said with the deck, uh, the monster zones. Yeah, and Hamstrat saw a little bit of play, but not because it was card. a mecha beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of like as a, to ramp. use as a ramp and a stall thing more than anything else. So, all right, next blowback dragon, which is uh, kind of like iconic bandit Keith been in the game for a while but now we finally get a chance to use it um it is six star 2300 attack 1200 defense machine effect um dark if that matters once per turn you can target one card your opponent controls toss a coin three times and destroy the target if at least two of the results are heads um so it's a it's a card that would have been really good a while ago um, back when this game was kind of in the early days of this game, this card would have been OP. Um, but nowadays, it's kind of hard to justify using a one tribute for a 2300 attacker, even if you have a decent shot at killing something. Like the turn it comes out, the card will almost certainly be dead the next turn. And the tempo loss would be really bad if you don't hit what you're trying to destroy. It'd be mitigated a little bit if you hit what you're trying to destroy, but I still don't I still don't think this card is worth it. And there's a lot like that low defense is pretty bad at, at this point in the game because there's a lot of things that flip things into defense position or you might not even ever get a chance to use it because you it gets floodgated and then it just gets killed by pretty much anything attacking into it. So uh unfortunately I really like this card. I think it's a solid card, but I don't think it's good enough to break into PvP at this point. 
Yeah, the fact that you have to flip coins at this point and other things just destroy it 100%, that's a bit of big difference now in this game. This would have been yeah. good back then. We, I, I really wanted this card back then. Mm-hmm. All right, next we have uh, Silent Psychic Wizard. It's a four-star Earth Psychic, 1900 attack, zero defense. When this card is normal summoned, you can target one Psychic-type monster in your graveyard, banish that target. If this card is sent from the field to the graveyard, special summon that monster banished by this effect. So I actually really like this guy. I have not played much Psychics, but... Um, a lot of the psychics have low stats, at, at least initially, and uh, this guy breaks that trend. He's just kind of a beater for the archetype. He gives you um, some card advantage back when he dies, and that card advantage could be ramping-type card advantage, depending on, on what's in your graveyard already. Um, I think it's just a solid card, and I don't know if there's enough to make uh, psychics happen because the archetype hasn't really been around very much uh, recently or even at all it only saw a little bit of play for, for like a couple months in there but I do think that if it comes back uh, this guy warrants some serious consideration it seems like a pretty solid card yeah with psychics you might gravitate towards earth psychics uh, wind psychics or some kind of hybrid this uh, would bring back the borg I guess Another card that's a wind is a space-time police, which when you special summon it, it can banish something, so that's something you can do, but it's something you would build if you have the cards, of course, and not something you would try to win the meta with. Um, but it's not its not like a horrible... It's a—it's an okay card, I'd say. It's decent. Yeah, I think that's a good point. This is a card that I would be happy with opening but would not be chasing <laughs> like yeah. like if it just happens to come in my packs while i'm seeking out beat i'd be like sweet now i can try the psychic thing and not feel bad about spending unnecessary gems on this thing that's probably not going to break the meta but um seems like it has a little bit of potential something worth playing to try out and maybe do something a little different i don't know i like him in his silly hat uh, next is the Wind-Up Juggler. This is a Wind Psychic, so a little bit different than the other guy. And it's also a kitty robot thing, so significantly different in that sense. 1,700 attack, 1,000 defense. The effect is, after damage calculation, if this card battled an opponent's monster, you can destroy that opponent's monster. This effect can only be used once while this card is face-up on the field. And so... Um, <clears throat> The effect seems decent. Um, I think the fact that it's limited to once is probably a good thing, but most of the time... Uh, okay, I see. It's not going to win the fight. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what I was thinking. So I guess the way that you want to use this would have been like attack into a, a big defense position thing, it uses the effect to clear it, and then when they attack into the fight... Uh, another time, then this dies and takes something with it. Uh, since they've limited it to one, you kind of can't do that. Um, but like you said, it wasn't going to win the fight anyway, so this is like... Uh, some of the time it's going to just be a little bit of a less self-damaging Yomi ship type thing, where you just yeah. kind of face tank it into something, or maybe you just set it in defense position, but... Um, 
either way, it's kind of a little bit of, of removal, and it's a decent card. Um, I don't, I'm less excited about it. Seems like another one of those cards that would have been really good in the old meta, and now it's kind of like, yeah, all right, like I might try it. It, it might get some conversation. I would not be surprised if it saw some play. I would also not be surprised if it saw zero play at all. Yeah, the psychic tag is interesting. It could just be any type, and it could just have this effect, and you wouldn't know it's a psychic. This could be... I mean, I'm just, like, spitting balls here, but um, but it could be something with Esperoba coming. Maybe there's some psychic support that makes this a little better because of its tag. I don't know. But uh, it's just a Yomi ship with more attack. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next one is a quick play spell called Mistaken Accusation. It's got Sangan in jail, and he didn't do it. It also has, uh, what's it, the Mystic Elf? No, uh-huh. no, uh, Black Witch of the Forest. Black Witch of the Forest. Because right. they were both banned at the same time in the TCG. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Well, she seems to be okay with it. Like, she knows she did something wrong, but Sangan didn't. <laughs> he's, he's like, it wasn't me. Anyway, um... The card's a little interesting. It reads, If your opponent has more total cards in their hand and their side of the field than you do, target one face-up card on the field. Neither player can activate cards with that name or their effects for the rest of the duel except that target. You can only activate one mistaken accusation per turn. So, this is a weird card because it requires your opponent to be ahead, and then you use the card to cancel out other cards that your opponent isn't using unless I guess they have two copies of a card on the field at the same time or something but it's like the one that you know they have isn't affected so this card yeah. just seems really weird to me I don't know why you'd use this the The fact that you can only activate one per turn means that you can't like target one if they have two out and then target another one mm-hmm. and negate yeah. both of them which seems like the only reason why you would run this card. So I don't, I don't know. Am I missing something? Do you, it's is... it, it's like a it's like the card prohibition. Prohibition is continuous, but you name the card. This one they actually have to play the card. And something I could think about is like mass change, for example. But it doesn't work if they have it face down already on the board. And they could they could like chain it to this one, and then they have two mass changes. But it does prevent the ones from coming out of the deck, I guess. Uh, Onslaught, same thing. Um, it, it's kind of like a control card, I think. Like, it just, like, if they play the card and you know they have three, you stop the other two. Like a stall yeah. card. Okay. I still don't think it's very good. But that's yeah. a... I do like the kind of chaining it to something so they can't use more copies of it. Uh, the mass chain seems like a decent option all in all i don't think the card's worth it uh, one difference between this and the prohibition is that this happens like this doesn't have to stay alive for the effect right. to happen so you know that's kind of a benefit there you know what is this is better on anki than mass change because um they can't even play the monster so you just deny them the monster like the other monsters and then mass change is dead in that regard anyway so if you're playing against Master, this is just better on the monster than on the magic card. Mm, maybe, but mass. If you do the mass change, then because mass changes are also extra attacks, 
with the buff guy. Yeah, but they can't get the guy out if you ban the guy, right? It just negates his effects. Can't you just... I, I, I mean, thought they, I just, can't, I thought they doing... just can't play the monster at all. That's what I thought it was. It says neither... Oh, okay. Neither player can activate cards with that name. That means, like, spells and traps, right? Monsters, too. Like, they can't play the other monsters, I think. Huh. I, that terminology seems weird to me. Activate a monster by playing it? Like, that's why I mentioned Prohibition, because they can't play the card anymore. Okay. This needs more clarification, but that's what that's the way I read it. <laughs> I don't. I'm also not even sure if like if playing it would work. Uh, even if it said play, you're not playing the Anki, right? You're just getting it by using. The, anyway, I don't think the card's good. Okay. Regardless of the fact that I don't know exactly what it does. <laughs> um, and the last SR is a trap called W Nebula Meteorite. Uh, it reads, change all face-down monsters on the field to face-up defense position. During the end phase of this turn, change all face-up light reptile monsters you control to face-down defense position. Then draw one card for each. After that, because Yu-Gi-Oh cards love to have like four effects on one card, uh, after that, you can special summon one level 7 or higher light reptile type monster from your deck. So... I've seen a little bit of people trying to like theorycraft this on Reddit. Um, it has it's clearly intended to be with uh, like worms right. um, because there's some other worm synergy in the set, and uh, some of the worms are light reptiles. It also has a little bit of synergy with aliens. Is the thing that I saw people talking about on really? Reddit. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't play aliens, but that's what the guy on Reddit was trying to do. Seems the comments ultimately decided it wasn't worth it, but uh, he was trying to make it happen. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of Geargea with the flipping yeah. and all of that, but right. that's that's kind of where I'm at on that one. It seems uh, another card that's, like, okay, but probably not quite good enough, unless you figure out exact, like, that way to kind of break it. Yeah. Because um, worms are not really a good archetype, Um Gear Gs are solid, but have other tools, so I'm not sure if this makes the cut just for flipping stuff. And uh, aliens are solid, but you have to kind of make some weird changes to your deck to make this card work. I'm not sure if it's worth it. Yeah, I didn't understand the alien thing. Like, I couldn't think of a level 7 light alien that you would play. Uh, it'd probably be some, some alien you never used before. <laughs> but, um... Yes, Geargis yeah. have other cards in the trap slot. And this is for Worms if you can ever build that deck. <laughs> right. So it was the, and I looked it up, it's the Cosmic Horror Gang Gangiel. I knew it. <laughs> Which is a, it's not an alien itself, but it has the alien synergy. Uh, with the A counters and stuff. And so basically you'd have to run uh, Alien Greys and uh, Alien Kids as your other light guys. All the lights. And then you have this guy as your payoff guy. So you're basically kind of building the whole deck a little bit differently than how you build aliens uh, nowadays. And um, basically all the comments were saying that 
it seems like regular aliens would just be better than trying to force aliens in a path that makes this card work. But, yeah. you know, that's something you guys can try out if you feel like trying that out. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, you put Ghost Tricks here, right? Oh, no. It, I said it does the same thing as Ghost Tricks, Scare, and Geargez. Okay. So it already Got exists, it. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so moving on to the notable R's and N's, uh, the bulk of the notable R's and N's are the Fur Hire cards. So instead of kind of going through each one, uh, you've got a couple that destroy face-up cards. You've got uh, one that protects you from uh, spells, I believe, right? And then the there's one that just yeah. yeah, one that destroys uh, face-down cards. One that gets your fur hires back, and one that's just a beefy guy that you have to run your other fur hires into. So they're actually all uh, right here next to each other in the R's, but uh, if I'm looking at what I've seen from the builds so far that have hit King of Games and are on Reddit or on Duel Links meta, it looks like there's a, a bit of a core already developing of 3-beat, 3-dunpa, 2-3-whiz, 2-3-mayhem for hire. Right. Uh, those are all R's. 2-recon, um, to Econ and kind of a treacherous trap hole. It seems to be seen a good amount of play in the deck. And then there's some combination of Dinas and Seals and then maybe a little bit of room for tech cards. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. I think you run all of them <laughs> in some capacity. Um, the uh, Seal, you run like one maybe. Uh, the Wiz, you probably run two. Wiz is good because she negates everything. She has the high defense. I think it's a girl. I can't tell. But um, seems you, like it. You, yeah, the colors. Um, it seems like you run two. The Donpa and Recon are exactly right. I've always seen threes and twos. Mayhem for hire. It. I have have have. I have had trouble where uh, it was like the only thing in my hand. So two might be the call. It's kind of like powerful rebirth. You don't want a ton of them. Um, Dinah's. Dinas are necessary just because they banish stuff in the graveyard, and it's the only thing that has attack in this deck, because the other ones have sixteen hundred and or less. So it's not. It's hard to say if it's a win condition. It's a. It's the only thing that hits stuff if that means anything. <laughs> yeah, I also found it seems like the Dinas are important just for kind of keeping your other activator guys on the board. Right, so you'll like special summon a Dyna because it requires your opponent to attack into the Dyna. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's typically the the move you want is play beat, play. Um, this is if you're going second. If you're playing beat, you play um, Donpa or Recon, and then you use one of those guys to get a Dyna out, because um, you could clear what it's, what's on the board, sort of, to see based on if it's a face down monster. You use um, Recon if it's face-up, you use Donpa, stuff like that. Yeah, right. And then, so you need to... The end result... Well, so that's one play, and that way you disrupt what they're doing. You have a big guy who can probably attack in for a good amount, maybe clear another monster of theirs, and then you attack with your little guy. And then you have dominant board position because they can't even clear your activators at the end because they would have to attack into Dino, which would likely kill them or, you know, something like that. Um, another 
big kind of important play I've seen is that a lot of people will try to get out just a decent sized dude and then hide it behind a whiz to just kind of protect their stuff. Yeah. Um, cause like you said, whiz has 2,800 defense and, um, let's see this card. yeah, spell or trap. You can Amongst discard it. one card, uh, or one for hire card to negate the activation. It only does one, though, per turn, so that's notable. You can use two things on it, but that's a big waste of resources. Yeah, and, well, especially now that there's only two Econs in your deck, so it's a bigger uh, bigger pay, <laughs> bigger cost to pay. So there's that's kind of like the basic structure of the deck that we're seeing a lot of um, at this point. There does seem to be a debate as to which skill is best to use. Uh, I've seen people using sealed tombs. I've seen beatdown. I've seen some tie that binds. I'm sure there's some people who are doing like restarts and stuff like that, um, even after the nerf. So it it looks like there's still a little bit of specifics to be ironed out, both in the actual deck composition and in what skill to use. But you definitely have a basic outline for the deck. And uh, and you could check that out on Redder Dulung's meta. And <clears throat> the nice part is that most of the cards that you need are R's. And like we said before, you only need that one SR of beat. So it's really simple to just buy through the box. You know exactly what you're looking for. You're only looking for the beat. And then <clears throat> you'll end up picking up all the other stuff you need just by random, you know, just by buying packs. Unless you happen to get super lucky and you get three beats before you get the R's that you need, in which case, you know, good for you. That's a good problem to have. And you can just keep buying a couple more to get those R's. Yep, for sure. Um, a couple more notable R's and N's. Uh, there's some worm support. I think of the worm support, the strongest ones are the worm king and the worm warlord. Uh, there's good amount of other ones in here as well but they all kind of seem not quite good enough they seem uh, a little bit slow and also the worm archetype is just not in a good spot generally it's it's kind of a weak archetype so i don't think that anything in this box is good enough to push the worms over the hill into uh, legitimate pvp play range yeah i saw i saw a video from uh, guy Ryu, a Japanese player, and um, he beats a meta deck with this worm deck. And it's just a, it's like a YouTube video, so you know, take what you will. But he didn't even use the Nebula. He used like uh, Worm Zero, which is a fusion, and then you fuse a bunch of them. You last gamble. You throw away a lot of stuff, and then you use Worm Victory to clear their board, and then it actually gains 500 attack for each worm in the graveyard. So at 3,500, you know, like. Combos like that, first of all, just to understand Worms, they're kind of like a control archetype, and they do a lot of flipping, so if that's the game for you, then you could try it out, but it's not, there's not enough support for it, I guess, and they do have a ton of cards, so if you like deck building challenges, building a viable Worm deck is one of them, there's a million Worm cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's the weird thing is that, you know, we say there's not much worm support, but worms might be one of the most supported archetypes in the game in terms of just sheer numbers. It's just that they're not very good. Um, so, I don't know. I don't... Are there... 
do you know of any good worm cards that are like in the tcg from back when you played was, was nope. there ever a time when worms were good i have no idea okay i wonder if we're missing like this key worm that just sets the whole archetype over the edge there's one for each letter of the alphabet i know that so we have like 20 something of them now probably yeah Probably. Um, another card to highlight, for me at least, was a uh, an N called Worm Hope. Uh, it is a one-star light flip effect monster, 800 attack, uh, 1500 defense. It reads, flip, when this monster is flipped face up by an opponent's monster's attack, draw one card. When this card is sent from the field to the graveyard, send one card from your hand to the graveyard. So... Uh, we have other cards that when they flip, you draw, you just draw a card. But I do note that sometimes you actually want things in your graveyard. And so there's a little bit of room here. Like, this might end up being relevant at some point. Um, probably not, uh, because we have stronger ways of cycling through cards at this point. But it's a possibility. And this is kind of something that I would keep in mind whenever I'm building like farming decks more than anything else, but also um, some, you know, something a little bit offbeat and weird for PvP, I might run this as well. And the last card I wanted to highlight is Recycle, which is an N. It's a continuous spell card. And it reads, during your standby phase, by paying 300 life points, select one non-monster card in your graveyard and return it to the bottom of your deck. This card makes for an infinite loop with any of the life gain cards that gain more than 300 life. And I think that, you know, that type of thing always has some potential um, in the same way that the Wonder Balloons discarding, uh, you know, whatever, the, the magical dog... Um, was had some potential um this seems to be a worse version of that specific combo so i don't think it'll see pvp play but it, it might um it'll be in some annoying deck <laughs> right yeah at some point some annoying deck might do it it's pretty fragile too of course because as soon as you lose the recycle then you're just done um it does seem like it might have some potential for farming as well because you can put like uh, cards that gain 200 life points or 400 life points and uh, and kind of like make it so that you have the exactly 100 life points and it prevents I don't know, you can go for as long as you want um, as long as you keep your opponent from decking out so it seems like it could be used in some farming techniques um, but again, farming decks tend to be a little tight and so I'm not sure if it's worth it just for those few extra points um, either from the deck building standpoint or from the playing it standpoint to do this, but it's another thing to keep your eye on because it might might at some point become a thing. Yep. Great. That's all I got for the set. Did you see any others you wanted to talk about? or? Nope. Nothing. Cool. Very uninspiring box, except for fur hires. <laughs> yep. If you're a fan of the furries, then uh, your time is here. <laughs> I can't contribute to that, unfortunately, but I'm sure plenty of people were excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through the Dark Dimension Tower. Um, it's more challenging than ever. You, you need 100% to get that icon. But thankfully for me, I never cared about icons, and I got the sleeves and playmats ready, so <laughs> <Yeah>. great. 
a new part of the event was released, which was the Miasma, the DD Miasma. And they actually kind of fooled us. Everyone thought Ubel was going to be the special character, but it's actually the tour guide. So we still have to wait for Ubel to come to the game. And there were many great voice lines here. Many, uh, not voice lines, but like text, character text. Yeah. Yeah, there were some funny ones. You were telling me about the auto-duel thing. Yep. Auto-duel. No one going to the duel school. What else? She says, like, you want me as a card, you're not going to get me because I'm too good. It says the tour guide's kind of like an OP card. Things like that. <laughs> I like it. I like uh, that sort of breaking the fourth wall stuff. It's good. Exodia Necros. Necros, sorry. It's okay. Exodia Necros. I should have looked up these cards before, but I think it's a uh, eighteen hundred. Yeah, eighteen hundred zero. You special summon with a uh, contract of Exodia, which you need all your parts of Exodia in the graveyard. So that's that. Uh, can't it's indestructible. Can't be destroyed by battle or spells and traps. Each standby phase gains five hundred life points. I mean five hundred attack. Destroy it unless all five pieces are in your graveyard. It's kind of like a fallback. For Exodia, because you can't play Exodia without Grandpa's cards. But mm-hmm. it kind of takes up space, sort of. If you're not going for Exodia, it clogs up the deck. Yeah, I don't. This card doesn't seem very good to me, but, you know, I'm still going for all of the free things, so. Sure. Patrician of Darkness, 5 star, 2000 attack zombie. You can control what your opponent attacks. That's basically what it does. Cool. Skullmeister, 1700 guy, um, counters stuff that <laughs> activates from the graveyard. You can discard him. It's kind of like the bunk. Getsu Fuma, uh, it's a card that destroys uh, zombies, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if, this card battles a, if this card battles a fiend or zombie monster, destroy that monster at the end of the damage step. 1700 attack warrior. Um, there's a couple Tri-Horn. targets. Huh? So there's a couple targets, but it's this is another of those cards that seems like it would have made a lot more sense like a year ago. Yeah, this card is this card one of the earlier cards in the TCG. So, yeah. it's kind of like a really basic effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the Cypher Soldier that we saw recently with the 2000 attack on the warriors. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, Trihorn Dragon, it's my rarest card, that's all we could say. Maybe there's something you could do with Transmodify with it, because you could kind of ramp a Red Eyes into uh, a Trihorn Dragon. So ramp. Because <laughs> they're both dark dragons. Seven to eight stars, you know, that kind of deal. Okay, that's true. There's something there, but... That's the only probably. use I could think of. Yeah. yeah. It's my rarest card. Um... Ally of Justice Rudra is a 1905 star, so it only has an ability when it attacks a light monster, so that's it. Flame Ghost. Fusion 1000 attack. <laughs> <laughs> this was a rare in the first uh, T- uh, booster pack. Because I actually have one, but I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, someone gave it to me for free. <laughs> Imagine getting that as your rare in the whole booster pack. That would pretty. You, that would, you would quit the game. Yeah. You, yeah. And there were there were $8 back in the booster packs. <laughs> I'm ranking $8 for a 1,000 fusion. Wow. 
<laughs> I agree with your outrage. Um, something we noticed is restart got a restart. It it doesn't provide the intel anymore when they shuffle back into their deck. You don't see what cards are sent back, but they do still skip the draw phase. But it's interesting that we didn't really catch that change where the old nerf was reverted. Yeah. Caught us by surprise. We weren't sure if it was a bug or a feature. <laughs> so, you want to duel? <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. We want to give some uh, intro to it? or just Yeah, so, so Doug Diamond <laughs> Duel sent us a deck building challenge two weeks ago. Um, there was a previous deck building challenge of using pre- only URs, but this one is a 30-card SR, one copy of each. Oh, jeez. That's not what I did. We can't do it. Or we have to pause while I rebuild it. Wait, we could just did, do all different decks. I did just that? yours. That's but no, mine mine will be totally just incredibly OP at yours then if we did that. Man. I just did a regular just all you uh all SRs. Oh, isn't and that what I just told you? Oh you did like multiples. Right, yeah, I had multiples and it's a twenty card deck. No, it had to be thirty-one of each. Yeah, you would have you would have destroyed me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't think it would make for a good duel. Nope. I think. Let me see if I could just build something real quick. So while Deck Tech is building his deck, I am going to read the upcoming news. How's that deck going, by the way? <laughs> uh, it's it's coming. I have an idea what I want to do. It's a. Uh... It's a hard challenge. Yeah, I think we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, upcoming news, this one is confirmed. Esper Roba is coming on the 26th. And the name, I, I call it the Dual Carnival because that's what it's actually going to be called. But uh, that's just with help of data mines. And I'm not sure if it's entirely a PvE or PvP event, but you get to join like a party, I think like a... A type parties you join like the spell caster party or the psychic party things like that so that's what that is about um 5ds was data mined so it's time to get your motorcycles ready and start playing cards the gx world was data mined prior to its release and the next world 5ds is as well um we don't have any information other than that but it's interesting to see how they would balance synchros with the cards in our current stock. So, very interesting. Um, and bonus duelists. Uh, a banner of bonus duelists was mined. These, are, of course, are the ones that give 30 charges. Um, so you could duel them for 30 times as a standard duelist, and they will be replacing boosted duel orbs. Alright. I think I'm done. All right. Time to duel. <laughs> no prep. Let's do this. All right. So, of course, this is the 30-card 1SR each challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to request a friend duel right here. You do the same. All right. forgot that it has this weird uh, format, but here we go. All right. 
horrible. So is mine. Um, I built it on the fly, not quite as on the fly as it's going to seem because we're going to cut out some of that uh, dead time, but definitely... Bastion versus Pegasus. Yes, definitely uh, a one-time one go-around type thing. <laughs> that right, text so using mind scan? Yeah, I'm running the mind scan. You don't know what I'm running. No, no I don't. Idea. No idea. I I'm play a card face down. Firm as earth. Well, I play my dark elf in attack mode. That might tell you what I'm playing. Uh -oh. <laughs> playing just super good cards, which you're playing. I break so bad, though. I'm just telling you. I'm going to Gyaku your face down. That's fine. You got fire formation, son. And I don't know if I have a monster that can kill that dark elf, so... <laughs> We're going to set, and we're going to set a uh, spell and trap as well. Oh, I'm, I forgot about my stupid hero. I, <laughs> I knew what the face down was. I didn't have to use the Gyaku. Ah, did you? I did. Well, I'm going to set another card. It's a defense draw, and the new one <laughs> is a chalice, forbidden chalice. I'm going to attack your defense box right here. That's all right. I got you. Oh man. Haha, <laughs> it was a four-star ladybug of doom. I end my turn. This is so bad. I I I bricked so bad. Like this is a card that I can't even play right now. <laughs> Cuz I don't have to set up for it. <laughs> I I'm going to just play my gladiator beast handle. Okay. And just freaking Oh, I forgot he gets a boost from my formation. Yep, I'm just going to attack. I'm not going to give you 400 attacks, so I'm going to skip. Good call. Probably correct. All right. So I need I need heart of the cards right here. Heart of the 30-card deck. The 25-card <laughs> deck. All right. It's here. It's right here. Yeah, I got it. Heart of the cards. Guide me. So the first thing I'm going to do is play Hey True Nate here. Return right. your set card. Hmm. Oh, your fire formation is left to dry. That's what that means. Because <laughs> I get my card back. <laughs> Boom. Got me there. I'm going to okay. activate my Forbidden Chalice and buff my monster. We both monster. had one. We both had yeah. That's right. I'm going to activate my my skill, Dark as Night. I oh, summon Force Raider in attack mode. Oh, baby. He's a card. I'm going to battle. Here goes my Forbidden Child right from my hand. <laughs> yep. Got me there. Alright, the face down is defense draw. We can see it. We're in trouble, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Your fire formation Gaku just does nothing right now. Well, it just boosts the Beast Warriors, I guess. Yeah, but there aren't any. I'm going to set a spell slash trap and set a monster. Because that Vorse Raider is beefy. You can still see my cards. 
That's a problem. <laughs> I can, but you have a huge guy, so that's a problem on my part. <laughs> Play another card face down. Let's clear battle here. It's a powerful rebirth, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to do nothing. I'm not going to attack your monster. Aha! I'm going to Xing Zang Hu at the end of the turn. Okay. No rebirth. I was afraid of, I, I was afraid of that, actually. I was like, what if I put it down in another card and he shins and who's me? <sighs> I still can't play this card that's in my hand. Jeez. And just if you're keeping score at home, deck takes at 3,600 and I have 1,000. <laughs> Alright, I set another monster. Two, two monsters face down. Alright, I'm going to go on the offensive here. I play Evil Swarm Heliotrope. Oh, man. I've, I've already used my four-star. Hey, this guy's uh, language is all <laughs> backwards. <laughs> That's fun. So I clear his Sergeant Electro and Amazonist Sage. Defenseless right now. I am. I'm in really big trouble. I draw a useless card of my own. <laughs> uh... And I set another monster. And then I pass the turn. Interesting. Um, I will... Let's see, I could play this card. But I would have to tribute both of my monsters, and that's not worth doing. <laughs> <laughs> I set another card, let's go. Typhoon is the other set card. My face-down monster was just a heavy knight of flame... And now you can't see any of my cards. See if you remember them now. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to, except for Typhoon. Of course, Typhoon is the one that I didn't remember what it did. Uh, I... Set another... Uh... Yeah, there you go. And then the Typhoon gets it. Oh! The typhoon gets my Xing Zang <laughs> Eh, I'm not gonna do this yet. <laughs> Could be in trouble here. Let's see. What I don't know what that face down card be. Could be Wall of D. That's what I'm afraid of. Um, play around Wall of D here. I'm gonna sacrifice both of my monsters. Oh baby. Darkness. <laughs> Darkness. I could be flood I could, I could right. get floodgated too, though. Oh, you got me, man. This is some value coming out here. All right, so that I don't die, I activate my trap. Okay. Which is just a powerful rebirth. And then I die anyway, because he activates his own powerful <laughs> rebirth to get another attacker. Which that typhoon came in handy, I guess. Yeah, there you go. The other card in my hand was a Meteor one. Dragon Red-Eyes Impact, and that was just oh, because man. I decided to add a Red-Eyes Insight to my deck. Oh, that's pretty cool, because Spirit is in there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Insight, Spirit, uh, regular Red-Eyes, and then that Red-Eyes. 
Zombie Dragon, you didn't put that in your deck. Oh, yeah, that's the one I meant. Zombie Dragon. Regular Red Eyes is a UR. Yeah. Well, so you got me. We're one and one now. Finally won a duel. <laughs> so my deck, as you guys could, could tell, was just a uh, mind scan kind of good stuff deck. It ran pretty much all the classic like good cards that we used to have. I did have a couple outs, including Wall of D, uh, but with a 30-card, you know, <laughs> you, you need some heart of the cards to get there, so I couldn't quite get over his big guys. I pretty much just had Wall of D, Econ, Metamorph, and uh, Rising Energy as ways to get past his mm. really big dudes, so there weren't a ton of yeah. options. Oh, I guess yeah, my, I had... my uh, Zombie Dragon would have done it too. But... Zombie Dragon, yeah. That, that would have... I think your monsters would have gotten the field spell, too, so any of your dark monsters could have uh, gotten the yeah, field. Yeah, the, uh, the chariot guy, the heavy knight, was close. He was a 23, yeah. 24 once I got the powerful rebirth, but not good enough. Yep. Yeah, my deck just has a lot of dark monsters for different reasons. Um, some spells and some traps, <laughs> like the good ones, I guess. But I did have like a typhoon, I guess that that was just there to remove spells, I guess. Um, you know, Wall of D, Econ, Powerful Rebirth came in. I have a Birthright in here because I have some normal monsters. I fell for the superior strategy of dark monsters versus just good cards. Yep. <laughs> Real Unga Bunga. Yep, Unga Bunga was unsuccessful. Yep. All right. So thanks for sending that in. I don't even know if it's worth posting our decks, but uh, sure. I guess we could just screenshot them. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we we actually did have. I think it was Witchy. Somebody on Twitter said that she appreciated uh, us putting it in there. So. Um, yeah. I think we could. No, well, I meant in uh, text form as well. So. Right. Right. I think we'll. Yeah. We'll go in there, type it out, just for you. We do it for the fans. I got, I got, I got to find all these cards. Um, <laughs> these cards that don't make any sense at all, other than they're dark. <laughs> nice. All right, why don't we wrap it up? We've gone a little long, even once all we right. cut out the my fiddling around trying to build a deck. That is true. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, uh, especially Timothy N, our newest Patreon supporter. Thank you very much. Um, listen and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Overcast, YouTube. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thedualassessment. If you want to join Timothy and help support us, uh, get support into the game and invest more into the game, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Uh, email us with any questions at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment, me, Green Ranger, CCG, deck tech at HS deck tech. Great. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next week. All right. See you.